Oh boy, oh boy, welcome to the Harland Highway. And when I say oh boy, oh boy, I'm not calling for Tarzan's kid who he named boy. I'm not like, oh boy, oh boy. No, I mean, oh boy. And I'm going to tell you right up front, this, this could be the weirdest Harland Highway yet. This is a, a Harland Highway that even got me off guard. Okay, I started it one way, and the way that this show ep- ends is unlike any other episode of the Harlan Highway. It it took a weird turn that I didn't really expect. It uh, it's going to take you to a place that you might not expect. It took me to a place that I did not expect. It's not a bad thing. It's all good, but it definitely. This show definitely has a different bend to it, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Um, if you have the patience to listen through it, um, you might find it rewarding. You might find it not rewarding. I don't know, but it was a strong show with um, some powerful emotions at the end of the show. And I'm just going to leave it right there and not kind of ruin it and and see if you're willing to go go down the uh, emotional road with me that happens at the end of the show. But leading up to that, we have some mirth and merriment as usual. Um, I'm going to be talking about ponytails. You've seen them. Ponytails, yes. Um, I'm going to be talking about the credit card swipers, this uh, modern revolutionary advance that we have that doesn't really seem to work, the credit card swiper. Talking about Whole Foods. Do you like your junk food or do you like your whole foods, your healthy foods? And then this is a treat. One of my buddies, I was going to surprise you with this, but one of my buddies from the comedy world, a guy that I did movies with and a ton of stand-up with, a a great, (coughs) excuse me, God, I get choked up just talking about him. I think I just swallowed a a moth, like Silence of the Lambs. There's a, a moth flew in my mouth. How does it taste, Clarice? Oh, it's delicious. Thank you, Hannibal. Now I'm going to eat your legs. Um, but anyways, one of my buddies from the movie world, the, the stand-up world, uh, Dane Cook, comes in for an interview today. Um, I love Dane. He's uh, he's always funny. He's got such great energy. Um, and then lastly, you know, right after the Dane Cook interview, I, I'll tell you a little bit. I thought we were going to do more with Dane, but then I got on this topic that was a little emotional to me, and it went down. The, the show takes a different turn, and then uh, there's a song that I do. That's as much as I'll tell you about the surprise kind of weird ending. I actually sing a song towards the end of the show. And um, it certainly took me to an interesting place. Um, I hope you like it. I hope you uh, are willing to go along for this uh, strange version of the Harland Highway. But nonetheless, I love it. It's what life's all about. So you're ready to do it. You're ready to go into this strange show with me. You ready to swallow a moth for me? I am, Clarice. Shut up, Hannibal. All right, let's do it. Let's let's get our moth on. Let's get our seatbelts on. Put the pedal to the metal. You ready, everybody? Come on. Here we go. It's the Harlan Highway. (laughs) 
This is Highland Williams. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Wow, that is quite a ponytail you have there. My goodness, how long did it take you to grow that long, hanging, braided, gray ponytail, sir? Yeah, that's right. I'm talking about dudes with the ponytails, okay? Um, and I'm specifically talking about the dudes with the ponytails that are turning gray and you're just a little too old to be having a ponytail, dude. Okay. It's, uh, we're in the 21st century. Okay. You're not a swashbuckler. You're not a hippie. You're not in the fashion industry. Um, you're just a dude who's a lawyer or you work in a cubicle or you work on the subway. There is no room for you to have a ponytail. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Who am I to infringe on your personal taste? Well, it's me, Harlan Williams. And it's like those stupid Verizon commercials. You know, that, that pervert creep with the glasses and the windbreaker, and he's always standing there, and he's got 900 uh, people behind him. Yeah, well, it's me and everyone else in society standing behind me, and we're all going, lose the ponytail over the hill, nerd. Yeah, it just it's a judgment call. I'm sorry to be judgmental, okay? But you got to lose those graying ponytails, and especially if you work in a job where you wear a suit. Good Lord, I've seen lawyers, I've seen, I saw a lawyer on the news in a, in a, like a dark blue pinstripe suit, his hair pulled back and a ponytail. And right away I was like, I want to sue that lawyer. I want that lawyer sued for being out of touch, for looking like a goofball. And I want him disbarred, I want him deponytailed. What kind of lawyer has a ponytail? You know, you're in your mid-40s. You're in the legal industry. I mean, what are you doing on the weekends, dude? You going to, like, renaissance fairs or something? Like, during the week, you're defending uh, murderers and criminals. And come Friday at quitting time, thou turnest into a knight of the Fourth Legion. And play Knights of the Round Table all weekend at the Renaissance Fair, I doth saith, my liege. Good Lord. You can tell me to lose whatever you want, okay? Fine. I can take an insult. But I'm telling you, lose the ponytails, dudes. Unreal. And the braids... Looks like a cinnamon loaf hanging on the back of your head, right? Looks like a horse's tail all braided up. So, yeah, you look like a a horse's ass is what I'm saying. When you're walking in front of me, your little tail's wiggling back and forth. I stand back about four or five feet just in case you you buck up. (laughs) Get away from my ponytail. (laughs) Ah!
I was just measuring it to see how long it is. Well, doth can't touchest myeth, ponyeth, tailieth. Okay. Anyways, enough about that. Um, I got I got a bigger beef I want to deal with. Forget ponytails. Let's let's go out of like the old hippie days, and let's bring it up to right now. Okay. Boy, I'm just full of complaints already today on today's show. Listen to me. But uh, when was the last time you swiped your credit card at a grocery store or at a department store or anywhere where you have to swipe your credit card and that little screen comes up and it says signature, right? The little LCD screen and then... There's supposed to be a wire attached to the screen that goes out to some kind of futuristic electronic pen, right, with a point on it so you can legibly write your name and then you click OK and the transaction is finalized and completed. Okay, I cannot remember the last time I've been to one of those credit card swipes and found... First of all, a pen that's attached to the damn wire, let alone a pen-shaped object. I'm not kidding. I got one today. I was at a grocery store. Someone had a pencil with a bunch of Band-Aids, and not just regular Band-Aids, like colorful Band-Aids with little pandas on them or something, wrapped around the front to make it nubby. So that it wasn't like the pointy edge of the pencil digging into the LCD screen. I mean, the improvisation that goes on at these credit cards. I, I, I'm not kidding. I, I think one day someone gave me a branch from a pine tree. Yes, sir, if you could just sign your name right there on the LCD screen. Um, I'm sorry I don't see a pen. Yes, sir, but I have this three-hour pine log, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh, you forgot to dot the I and cross the T, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, unbelievable. What, 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 what is wrong with these things, man? Can they not uh, keep these pens on the wire? And who's stealing it? Some like Harry Potter nerds, like, oh my goodness, look at this magic pen! It writes on LCD screens. Oh, my goodness, I must snip the wire and take this away. It'll be my first magic wand. I'll run out into the parking lot and turn all the cars into owls. And can't they replace these things somehow, man? Broken pencils and sticks. And I saw some old guy signing with his cane the other day. They couldn't find it. Some guy had a cane, and he's just like... And then the other part of this whole deal is, does it really matter what you write? I'm not kidding. I mean, no one seems to care what you write in there. Sometimes when they give me these improvised sticks to sign my name, they're, they're so bulky and cumbersome, I, can't, I couldn't write my signature if I tried, man. So I do the next best thing. I just squiggle whatever a pine tree branch or a birch bark 
tree leave will allow me, permit me to sign. I might as well be like, you know, sometimes at the zoo, you, they see, they, they, you see them put a paintbrush in an elephant's trunk. And they're like, go ahead, Tuffy. Go ahead and paint the Mona Lisa, old boy. And the elephant's like, whatever. <laughs> oh, yay, Tuffy. Yeah, it looks like someone ran over a cat. No, it's the Mona Lisa. Look. Whatever. <laughs> so it's like... There are times when I just I just literally put a squiggle and that passes through. I hit approve and there you go. I mean, it's literally almost we might as well turn back into pirates again because these things are so useless. It's like, excuse me, sir, there's your products. Would you mind signing the futuristic electronic LCD screen? Ah, yes, I will. There it is, an X. Is that your signature, sir? Yes, that's my signature. Arr, I'm a pirate. Well, you're just like the other 25,000 people that have been through here. Arr, give me my groceries and shut thy pie hole, you scurvy gingivitis breathed freak. Oh, I didn't think you'd pick up on my scent. Arr. I mean, it really is annoying, man. Someone went to the trouble to create this futuristic wonder and we're just scribbling X's. They can't even uh, get, get a piece of uh, uh, some writing apparatus for us to, to use. Come on, let's get it together. We're in the 21st century. Lose the ponytails. Give us some magic electronic pens. And let's rock and roll, huh? Come on! <laughs> Yo, 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 where's, where's my grocery shoppers at, player? Where, where's my grocery shoppers at, G? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Yeah, we all go shopping for groceries, don't we? Dropped into Whole Foods. I like the idea of Whole Foods, you know, healthier foods, organic foods. And I get in that mode sometimes, like, you know what, I'm going to Whole Foods. It's time to start living. I'm going to shop there and knock 30 years of bad health off my life. So you go in, and you got the shopping cart, and you're like, wow, look at this place. Look at all the food. Wow. And then you go to pick something up, and you're like, hmm, no sugar, no trans fat, no oils, no, hmm, no, I think I'll keep looking. And you go over, and you see the meat, and you're like, hmm, the meat looks good, and it's... Oh, it was raised on a farm surrounded by gold fences. The grass was washed and fertilized before it ate it. And the cow was massaged and washed every day. And, oh, that steak's only $750. Oh, well, at least the cow had a good life. I guess I need to know that before I eat its dead carcass. You're like, hmm, maybe a little much. So then you go over to the, I'm going to get some treats, man. I'll get some ice cream bars. And you head over to the your dairy's freezer. And you're like, oh, here we go. Chocolate-covered ice cream bars. And you pick it up, and it's halfway to your basket made with soy milk. Oh, yeah, that's what I want. Soy milk ice cream bars. Right, is it really ice cream at that point? I guess not. It's like grounded up soya beans frozen and covered with chocolate to hide the taste of the lousy soya beans 
And it goes on and on and on. And I'm not knocking Whole Foods. I mean, God bless you. At least they offer an alternative. But I don't know. I always walk out of there a little disappointed. I'm like, hmm, where's all my crap? (laughs) Where's all the junk? Where's my cinnamon buns and my donuts and my Captain Crunch? My chips, my bacon. Where's my seal blubber and my whale fat? Huh? You know what, Whole Foods? I appreciate the effort, but I'm going to go do my groceries at 7-Eleven. Hello, Pringles. Hello, Coca-Cola. Hello, Early Grave. Hello. It's the Harland Highway. Whole Foods. Check them out if you can survive it. Mm-hmm. Survival, man. That's what it's all about, especially in the Hollywood game, right? For those of you that think this industry that I'm in and all these uh, entertainers and comedians and actors and singers, um, if you think it's an easy industry, it's not. And survival is a key word. And um, speaking of survival... I'm. I have a, a, a friendly guest, a buddy of mine's dropping by any second here. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You're just going to have to hang in. Um, but this is a guy that that uh, you know when you talk about survival. This is a guy I worked with a lot. I did uh, a movie with him. Uh, I've done a ton of stand up with him, and I kind of saw this guy when he first came to town, and uh, you know was trying to survive. He's a guy that I saw, you know, they'd put on late at night at the clubs. And there was one club in particular, a comedy club that I worked at every weekend. And this young kid kind of came into town. And you could see he had a determination in his eyes to do well, to to overcome this industry, uh, to survive. And uh, this guy... Uh, is a real talent, and um, he's a buddy of mine, and oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hello? Who's there? Hey, Harlan. Whoa, who's that? I just thought I'd swing by. It's Dane Cook. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, Dane Cook. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, brother? I like the fact that we're not going to wear shirts during this interview. <laughs> I didn't think you noticed. <laughs> You're like kind of like Captain Kirk, right? I'll take that, sure. So does that make me like Spock? You're Sulu. Oh, you you bastard. <laughs> you sued me, dog. Those are kick-ass boots. I you, like those, man. You like those? Yeah, these are pure, uh, these are walrus hide. Those are pretty fancy. You got a little buckle going on the side, like <laughs> Pirates of the Penzance. <laughs> Pirates of the, I thought you were going Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> no. What is a Penzance? Penzance. Do you remember Pirates of the Penzance? I know, but what is that? Is that like an Italian dessert or something? A, a Penzance? Oh, what yeah. Is, deli- you never had a Penzance? What's in it? It's kind of like a creme brulee thing. It's, uh, there's a, well, there's Penzance in it. You oh never had God. a Penzance plant? No, I've had no, I've had lemon meringue. <laughs> Mer, there's meringue and Penzance. Well, it's interesting because those boots also look similar to um, wardrobe from Pirates of the Lemon Meringue. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a long time to get there, didn't it? No, but oh. it was a tasty dessert. Let's put some whipped cream on that. You're the hottest guy in the world. Ooh, I can't swear. You're the hot. You're the hot. You're the you're the hottest guy in the world right now. Let's make up another word that we can say instead of the f word that yeah. means the same thing. Um, bubbling world. You're the bubblingest, worldest comic in the world right uh, now. Bubble A, man. Bubble you. Bubble rap. <laughs> so what happened, man? I was uh, I was doing the stand up gig, and then Greg Coolidge, 
our yeah. writer director. He was a fan of my stand up. He's like, we should do something someday. Which you hear how many times out yeah. in L.A. You know, I, I had a taxi driver last week on the way to the airport. He goes, we should do a movie, man. We should do a movie. I was at a wake, and the priest was like, I got an idea for a pitch. <laughs> I know now's not the right time. But. So Greg and I both went our separate ways. And uh, and I remember as we walked away from each other, we sang Against All Odds with Phil Collins. <laughs> Did someone do that drum thing? Or goes, yeah. boom, boom, boom. I wish that I could just make you turn around. Turn around and see me cry. Oh, my God. What a touching Hollywood moment. We sang that to each other, and we walked off into the uh, into the night, <laughs> into the dusk. And then uh, years later, we got together uh, a year before employee. We met because I had an idea for something, and I pitched it to Greg, and he had great ideas that he added to it, and we went out with it, and we pitched it to, like, everywhere. It's all about asses and seats, you know? It's asses like, and seats. If you can't put asses in seats or if they're not sure if you can put asses in seats, then they don't want to give you the spot. They want to know that you're going to be able to make a buck. And Retaliation came out, and when it went number four in the Billboard charts, that was my proof that I could put asses in seats because of the number of units and da-da-da sold. So Retaliation, for those who don't know and everybody knows, is your DVD special that came out. My second, my sophomore CD DVD comedy album. Yeah. Came out in 05. And only, what, the highest selling comedy thing since, what, Steve Martin? Steve Martin, Martin. Yeah. yeah. I had that album, too, Wild and Crazy Guy. Unbelievable. But before we go on, we're going to take a little break right now, but going back to your stand-up thing. How dare you. Yeah, uh, we're taking a break, buddy. I got to take, I got to put my shirt back on. We're going to come back and talk about your stand-up years, and there was a little something we did one night, oh, yeah. me and you, at the comedy club. Look at us. And I want I want you to tell us about that. We'll be right back here on the Harlan Highway. Number one comedian in the world. He's making George Jetson sounds right there. You can hear him. It's Dane Cook here on the Harlan Highway. Ah, uh, yes, Dane Zachary Cook. Um, and we were we were uh, chewing the fat a little about uh, the movie we did together. You might have seen it, Employee of the Month, with uh, Dane and myself and Andy Dick and uh, Jessica Simpson. A fun little movie. Um, and I think it was Dane's uh, first movie, really. His first... Uh, it wasn't his first movie. He had, he had a couple of little scenes in, in things along the way, but... This was his first kind of big movie uh, with him in the lead and people kind of starting to get to know Dane's name uh, across the country and around the world. And it was exciting to to see that, you know. It was exciting to see a guy, like I said, go from working the late night shows at the comedy clubs to getting a shot. I kind of went through the same thing myself uh, during my years when I when I did my movie Rocket Man, where I was the lead and I was the co-lead in other movies like Half Baked and uh, Down Periscope and things like that. And uh, it's just just um, it's a fun, exciting time, and it was interesting from my perspective to have kind of been there and uh, been that hot guy, that flavor of the month for a little while, for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, like with all actors, it all kind of dies down, and then hopefully it comes back up and then goes down. And But Dane, uh, obviously, still very hot and uh, still a strong presence. And, uh, you know, he's got talent. 
whether you like them or don't like them, the cream always rises, and uh, Dane delivers the goods. And uh, so that was us talking about, um, you know, some of our experiences with Employee of the Month and how, how he that movie kind of came together. And um, on the topic of comedy, this this is interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears for a minute. It's gonna go from being light and funny to getting a little bit dark, and then we'll go back to some more conversation with Dane. <laughs> I love doing this to you people. That that's what my podcast is all about. It's it's I don't like to keep you on a straight line. I like to give you the unexpected. I like to dart in and out of different zones. To me, that's more interesting than just, today we're going to talk about the plight of the disappearing honeybee in South America, and we're going to dedicate the whole show to why the honey supplies are diminishing in the, uh, South America. So sit back for a whole hour about honey talk. <gasps> no, no, no. I like to keep it hopping and moving and, and keep it unpredictable for you. I find that interesting. I hope you do, but... Enough about my strategy to lure you to the podcast. Comedy is a jovial place, but it can also be a dark place. And one of the the epiphanies that happened to me is when I got into the comedy industry, I thought I was going to be around the most joyous, joyous, funnest, chuckliest, silly, upbeat people you'd ever meet. Well, there are people like that in comedy, but I guess a lot of comics I found out have a darker side. Now, I consider myself to have a dark side in terms of I, I like dark things like dark comic books and I like violent movies and horror movies and you know, if I get down I can write dark poetry and you know, everyone gets to a dark place, but I guess a lot of comics, I don't want to paint every comic with this brush, but a lot of comics have a darkness that, I don't know, maybe stems more from issues and, and depression and things like that. And again, not all of them. Anyone could have that. But I guess I didn't realize when I got into this industry that maybe that's the fuel for some comics. And tragically... Very tragically, um, over the span of my career, I've known or met or rubbed shoulders with numerous comics that have, for whatever reason, not made it. And when I say not made it, I mean not made it through life. Um, these poor souls maybe were more tortured than the average comedian or person. These were people that maybe had some deep inner demons or some issues they couldn't cope with. These were these were people that took their own lives. They committed suicide. And, you know, some of them at an amateur level, some of them at a middle level, some of them at a very high and professional level. I had a neighbor of mine who lives literally four houses down from me in Hollywood, who was one of the most successful comedians in the last 20 years, um, take his own life. And uh, he was a guy that I met and knew and talked to, a guy named Richard Jenny. 
uh, who who um, had you know numerous um, specials and movies and sitcoms and um, just obviously some other things that we didn't get to look at. And there were other guys, young guys, when I was working my way up through the ranks in Canada. There was a few fellas that took their own lives, and it always stuck with me. It always stuck with me. You know, it was painful, and it was hard, and it saddened me to know that these guys who really just wanted to come out and bring laughter to people and joy to people were suffering so much on the inside. And it inspired me to write a song. I don't know how. I don't know why. It, it For some reason, it moved me. And these poor guys that, that were hiding these secrets and, and took the final step and ended their lives, um, it inspired me for some reason to write a song called The Clown. And um, this song is about... I guess their journey, their pain. And um I think I initially wrote the song as a as a bit of a comedy bit for one of the specials, a TV special I did once. But at the same time, even though it was kind of tongue in cheek, I knew that it was still tapping into something that made me upset and sad and I thought it was tragic and I don't know, maybe this was just my way of dealing with it or my way of expressing it, or my way of tipping my hat to these guys that were here, and my adoration for them, and my respect for them, and my feelings of loss for them. And I guess in my own comedic, dark way, this was how I maybe dealt with their tragic way of passing. It's a song I wrote called The Clown, and... um. The music was done by my cousin, Kevin Hearn, who's in the Bare Naked Ladies. And they, by the way, back me up in this song, playing the drums, the bass, and Steve Page doing some backup vocals, and my cousin Kevin doing the guitar. Here it is, to all those guys that lost their lives, The Clown. Up on stage, he stands bathed in the spotlight. He's been there so many times before. His heart, it pounds like a drumbeat. But he always comes back for more. And the crowd, they all came. To chuckle, he makes them laugh until they cry. But for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And tonight, somebody's gonna die. Cause he's a clown, he's crying on the inside. He's a clown, he's lonely and afraid He's a clown, he's crying on the inside He's a clown with one foot in 
all stood and they cheered as he ended. His fake smile masking his fake fame. He takes a bow and he makes a big exit. Unaware they'll never see him again. Back at home, the bullets sit waiting. The empty chamber, it calls out his name. Pull the trigger, a flash, an explosion. And the clown is ending his pain. Okay, um, can I keep it real here? That was emotional, especially for me. Um, just thinking about those guys that, uh, you know, didn't make it. And, um, you know, it's not just the comedy world. It's, it's, it's kind of applicable to all areas of life, all walks of life, all career paths. Whatever, we are fragile as human beings, and it's always sad when when it ends in that way. Um, you know what? I, first of all, I want to say thank you to the Bare Naked Ladies for backing my vocals and, and also doing some backup vocals in there. Steve, Paige, uh, Tyler on drums, Jim on the bass. And, of course, my ever-talented um, cousin Kevin Hearn with the guitar and some of the backup. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, that that was a little more emotional than I thought, hearing it back. And um, you know what? I'm just going to keep it real. I was going to go back to Dane Cook, and we're going to do some more interview with him. But I, I, think, I think out of respect for those guys and the things that I've been saying in that song, I think I should just hang it up right here. I know I usually leave on an upbeat, jovial note, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like that song just created a mood right there, and I, I don't want you to leave depressed. If anything else, I want you to know that these these people that didn't make it, 
lived a tortured life, but they wouldn't want me to hang up the show with you feeling down. They were put on this world to make you laugh. That was what they wanted to do. And so remember these guys for the laughter they brought to you. And anyone who's not with us anymore, remember the laughter that they brought you. And um, we'll come back on another show and pick up with Dane Cook, who is alive and living and his energy is making you laugh. And um, wow, just kind of a weird ending to the show, but I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to keep it real, man. I I hope you liked it. This wasn't about bringing you down. Smile. It's about enjoying life. Don't let anything override your will to live and your need to laugh. And that's what we do here at the Harland Highway. We remember our dear friends who went off the side of the highway But they are never forgotten, and we appreciate the time that they spent with us here and made us laugh. And we will make you laugh more next time on this very, very um, strange ending to the Harland Highway. But nonetheless, glad you shared this experience with me and the other listeners. That's what it's all about. If you want to comment on any of this, please feel free to call. The number's on the website, or you can email me uh, at harlanwilliams.com. And uh, keep on laughing, man. Keep on laughing. That's that's how we make it through. That's what we do. And uh, until next time, keep it real in the deal. And chicken chow main, baby. <laughs>